Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Yes, sir. We don't have a lot of topics today. I wanted to keep it short and sweet, even though it's been a huge week. Death before dishonor happened. Literally yesterday as we're recording this. Um, And so many changes have happened in WWE within just uh, a few weeks, really in the span of like 48 hours this week. Yeah. Every, the whole landscape kind of changed from Thursday to Friday. It was insane. Uh, So we're going to keep it to those two topics. We're going to keep it to the WWE changes, uh, mainly Vince and ROH's Death Before Designer results. Um, We won't go too too heavily into the matches. We didn't get to see a whole lot of it, but just to talk about who won um, and what that might mean for the company going forward. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so like he said, we're just going to keep it light this week, but we're going to get through this. We're going to bang out some of the things that we liked and we didn't like and some of our thoughts on these results. So first things first, we're going to kick it off with a kind of surprising match. I'm, I was a little surprised that this went first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli versus Jonathan Grisham for the ROH World Championship. Now, obviously, everybody and their mother most likely wanted Claudio to win the world title. It's been long overdue. There were some people on the fence that, you know, it's kind of early for him to win a world title. But in the grand scheme of things, is it really too early for him to win a world title? I mean, it's been 10 years since this guy's been in WWE and it's been about what five that people have been calling for him to be a main event guy. So, yeah. And I mean, you, you gotta think about, I I try to think about Tony's, uh, Tony's viewpoints when mm -hmm. these ROH things come up. So like, I, I, I agree with you. Like Claudio has been waiting a long time, but also, I don't know, like from Tony's standpoint, you do have Jonathan Grisham, but you kind of want it on whoever you feel like your draw is going to be while you're making these early changes. Yeah. You kind of got to give it to somebody with um, some credibility to their name. Mm -hmm. And not to say Grisham doesn't have credibility to his name, but somebody who can be more of a household name somebody who is more of a household name mm-hmm. like that there's more fans out there who know claudio more than they know grisham mm-hmm. like you figure grisham was a wrestler of the pod and that's for wrestlers that people don't really know too well that is true that is true the octopus isn't super known yeah so i mean I'm I have no gripes with the result. The result ended as exactly how I would have done it with uh Claudio winning the world title. And I seen the I didn't see the match, but I seen the clips of the match and I seen the ending. They gave mm-hmm. him the confetti, they gave him the actual, you know, champion's welcome. Like we know how long it's been, we know how hard you've worked. This is your moment. And he got to do it kicking off the show, which was probably my only surprise in the whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, um, well, I guess for Claudio, it, it has been a long time coming, not necessarily uh, 
for the Ring of Honor world title, but to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Claudio running into a world championship um, first year of being off? Or, or think of it like this. How do you feel? How do you think Jonathan Grisham feels that Claudio's getting it kind of right off the bat? I don't think Jonathan, me personally, if I'm thinking about it, I don't think Grisham really has has an issue with it because Grisham went on a great run as the ROH world champion. Grisham defended it against anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. And he put on quality matches with everyone he defended it against. And he's had it for a good while. He's elevated it a little bit. Like he did what he was supposed to do. It's not like he was a transitional champion by any stretch. No. Yeah. Grisham did great things with that title, even while ROH was on the hiatus defending it in other companies. Mm -hmm. And if I got to lose it, I want to lose it to one, a guy who I can know is going to be just as good as me, if not better than me. And somebody that's, well very well rounded and respected in the industry and mm-hmm. i don't i i wouldn't want to lose it to and and this is not trying to bury anybody's name i don't i wouldn't want to lose it to like a colt cabana or or a rush like a guy who mm-hmm. i don't think is gonna carry it to the best of the to the best of the abilities that i can because colt cabana and rush they're both great but i mean they're not in any way, shape, or form, a Claudio, right? So I, I would have no gripes losing it to Claudio. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, and I think whoever Jonathan would want to lose it to has to be somebody he feels like uh, is on his level mm-hmm. as far as pure wrestling ability. Yeah, and there's there's very few and far between on that list, so. I think you're right. I think if anybody, he was okay with Claudio. Yeah. Um, so the next match that we have is the six-man tag team match for the ROH six-man tag team championships. And this is the Righteous versus Dalton Castle and the boys. And this match was probably the, just to double check here, yeah. So it was the quickest match on the card. Um, and this ended with Dalton Castle and the boys uh, regaining the six-man World Tag Team Championships. Do you, do you have a do you have any gripes as far as Dalton Castle and the boys regaining I, these titles? I'll tell you, my biggest surprise is that they kept the titles. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's really it's really great that they kept the title. AEW has so many trios. So when he acquired ROH and I didn't hear anything about the six man championships, um, I was a little surprised, but to see him here on this pay-per-view is, is I'm just, I was just surprised they brought him back. Like I'm happy about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't watched the righteous for a long time. We saw, one of the girls that used to be in that group um, at a triple WA show, but we hadn't, we hadn't, uh, we hadn't seen a whole lot of their work after that. Yeah. But 
Shout out to Dalton Castle. I don't have a problem with them retaining the titles. Dalton Castle is a lot more weight to his name. Um, and if you need an example, I don't know the boys. <laughs> but I'm perfectly fine with Dalton Castle and the boys winning because it's Dalton Castle. Because Dalton Castle is attached <laughs> to them. And also, if there's any Dalton Castle faction, it should be Dalton Castle and the boys. Dalton Castle is the kind of guy that needs the name of the group to still be Dalton Castle. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I got no, I have no issues with the planet Peacock holding a title in any way, shape or form. Not at all. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I'm a huge Dalton Castle like supporter. I love that. I love the character. I think it's hilarious. His in ring is great. Mm. So him winning a title in any capacity, I'm here for it. Yeah. There's certain ROH guys I just I just love. Like I love Dalton Castle. I love Joe Hendry. Mm-hmm. Um, you love Cheeseburger. Yeah, man. Gotta love Cheeseburger. There's just certain guys that just have it. So putting the straps on Dalton Castle makes perfect sense. Um, and then the next match we got is the pure wrestling rules match for the ROH Pure Championship. Yes. Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia. And of course. This ended with Wheeler Yuta retaining the ROH Pure Championship. Of course, Philly in the building. Yeah, man, we know how much you love. Uh, we know how much you love Wheeler Yuta, and you know, anytime a, a Philly guy can stick it to somebody from New York, I'll take it ten times <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> no, nah, all jokes aside, though, Wheeler Yuta retaining, I think it was a great thing. Um. I think he has pl- I think he has a lot more work to do with that ROH Pure Championship. Absolutely. And I from what I've heard it's a, it was a great match and then I seen the clip at the end of uh Daniel Garcia flipping off Yuta and flipping off the ROH logo as he's walking up the ramp so could be planting Word. seeds for some Yeah, he he flipped off Yuta, he rolled out the stage and as the big ROH was Going across the uh, the Titan Tron or whatever it is, mm. he's he's just sticking up the double bird in it as he's walking up the mm. ramp. Okay, interesting. I love I love Daniel Garcia the person. I don't know how I feel about two point mm-hmm. Um, but I dig Daniel Garcia. I think he's got a year though. But I also think Wheeler Yuta's got a year, but he's just got a leg up because the people surrounding him are very equipped to mentor him. Yeah. So it's almost, it's like uh, Randy when he won the IC title. Yeah, Yuta's in like the the perfect scenario right now. Is uh, You got the great manager. You got the, now you have three great guys to learn three from. In, insane mentors. So mm-hmm. you're in a position right now to hold that belt and it'd be credible. Um, but I still think Wheeler has a year before he reaches his peak as well. So, oh yeah, he he's nowhere near his peak. Yuta's still got time, and and that's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. So these these are two guys that are definitely on the rise, but they're not at their peaks yet. So this was just great booking. Um, but definitely Yuta Yuta for the win. Yeah, he 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 just needed it. He. It, Putting that title on him gives him a lot of good credibility going forward. Daniel Garcia is going to get there on his own. It's crazy to think he's only 25. Yuta? Yeah, it's crazy to yeah. think Yuta's only 25. 
Yeah, he's insane, man. The character change is, is everything he needed. You go mm-hmm. back and watch um, this week's Dynamite where he went up against uh, the best friends um, during that little scenario where he was getting beaten down by Trent Barretta and uh, Chuck Taylor tried to pull him off of him and Wheeler Yuta just came back out. Like the first opportunity he had to hit somebody, he just came back out to hit somebody. Mm-hmm. He, the character change of like not being somebody to lay down and die is like perfect for him yeah so, so it's just it's just a great man i wouldn't mind them having like a series of these like not in not in a row like not like a few but like like a, a curtain benoit or a curtain uh a curtain eddie like somebody that like every time they get together you're it's, in for um, something special. Yeah. I wouldn't mind these two being that because they're both so young and they're both so talented. Yeah, and they both got, they both have, like you said, they're both very young. They both got plenty of career to keep battling each other and keep putting on great matches. Mm-hmm. So next match we got is probably, I, I would say this was probably like the least advertised match on the whole card. Because I didn't hear much about it. it was Rush versus Dragon Lee. And this ended with Rush getting the win over Dragon Lee. So big brother bested little brother. Um, I really didn't hear much on this match. Like this this felt like the most, like not the the least advertised match on the card. You know, it's the weirdest thing for me because they've been building an entirely different storyline on TV. Mm-hmm. So for Rush not to have a match against kind of anybody that he's been on TV messing with or taking masks off of, um, it's kind of interesting. I feel like they could have they could have done this better. Like Rush is a big name. He's former ROH world champion. Um, he was world champion when we went there. And with him having a thing with, uh, we didn't see him, but he was champ there. Mm. Um, Him having a thing of taking Max off face luchadors or, um, I forget what the Spanish term to call him is. Um, With him demasking Penta and Ray, I feel like there was an easy way to put Dragon Lee into that momentarily to build to this match so it's weird that they didn't have any kind of build to it um it's also weird that he didn't take off his mask like i felt like they could have did a lot with this but i mean for what it is roosh should have won because roosh is roosh um yeah i just wish there was more behind it i just Mm. wish there was more behind it because this feels like battle of the brothers is like a you know, traditionally, it's 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 held as like a huge thing, so yeah, a little drop of the ball, but I guess great match nonetheless. You know, yeah, all, all in all, could have been better, but not upset with it. Next match we have is for the ROH Women's Championship, and that was Mercedes Martinez, my girl, versus Serena Deeb. And I know you're happy with this result because Mercedes Martinez defeated Serena yes. Deeb and retained 
the ROH Women's World Championship. Yo, can I tell you about the the PTSD I have with people booking Mercedes Martinez? I have so much trauma from nobody booking her right <laughs> that I just I just like I fear she's gonna lose in almost every situation. Not because she's not good, but just because nobody has handled Mercedes Martinez the right way. So for her to like get the belt was one thing for me. And then for her to beat Deanna Perrazzo was like huge. It was like, oh my God, they like appreciated what she's done for this business <laughs> and her talent in the ring. Like I was so surprised. So so when the Serena Deep thing came up, I was like, there's no way she should lose to Serena Deep. But at the same time. You're like, I've seen this before. Yeah, I've seen this before. <laughs> so, I, I know exactly I what you mean. It's because it, I get the same thing with Liv. And every time they kind of put Liv in a certain position where it looks like she might succeed, I'm like, nope. I already know what's happening. So I don't even want to get my hopes yeah, up. Yeah, you, you don't even want to get your hopes up, man. So I, for her to get three straight uh, ROH Women's World Championship victories, she I feel like this now solidifies her as ROH Women's Champion. And... It's kind of solidifies her as the the pillar, one of the pillars of our wage going forward. So thank God. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I just I been can, waiting for her to be praised for so long for what she's done for this kind of for the industry. So I, I can see what you mean. I mean, it's really and you can say she's a pillar because she she's really only what the third. She's like the second. I think she's the third ROH Women's Champion. Yeah, they haven't had a lot of them. Yeah, because it's Ro it's Roxy, Diana Perrazzo, and Mercedes Martinez. So Roxy yeah. was a women's champion. She was the first. Get out of here. Yeah, she she, she yeah. I'm looking at it now. She was the first ROH Women's Champion. Mm. No I wonder WWE. No wonder WWE swooped her up. Right. Mm. So. The next match, I guess we can call this the co-main event, and I think maybe the second most advertised match on the card. Man. Samoa yeah, Joe versus Jay Lethal for the ROH Television Championship that ended with Samoa Joe defeating Jay Lethal by submission. As he rightfully should. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I, th I thought you were I thought you were gonna have some debacle on this, but I have to admit, I have to admit, <laughs> Jay Lethal has done a an amazing job of building up this uh, uh, swelling hate for him as Joe's been off TV. Mm -hmm. Lethal's done a great job of coming out with Sanjay Dutt every week in this big ass. Uh, uh, Arabian Omas and just rallying the people to hate him. Like, he's <laughs> just done a great job of coming out every week in a suit and just being like, this guy's a dick, man. This, this wow. guy is terrible. I, I'm trying to somebody, bypass... I'm trying to buy, beat his ass. I'm trying to bypass the fact that you just called this guy the Arabian Omas. No, I'm sorry. That's, that's, just, that's insulting to him. He's better than Omas, clearly. He's, he's he's already far more successful. Look at the people he surrounds himself with. 
You know, who does Omos have? M- MVP? Just now. He just got me. He's going nowhere, man. Not that there's anything wrong with Not MVP. Not that there's anything wrong with MVP. He's, we love MVP. Hope to have you on the show one day. Absolutely. Um, but Satnam Singh is, is, is doing far better for himself currently. Yes. That, um, I, w- I would agree so. Um, but yeah, I, I have no complaints about this. Anytime Joe and Lethal are together, you know something great's going to happen. Absolutely, man. These and, are two of the best. And this was a great case of the student biting off more than he can chew, which is weird to say because when you think of Lethal and Joe, you don't think of Lethal being the student. No, not at all. But at the same time, <laughs> just Lethal needed to come back down to earth, man. Like I said, yeah. he did such a great job of like, making people hate him and it just this felt like a like a tna rivalry it did it, it really did it, it, it like, felt like i know TNA. it's roh i know we're past that but lethal being healed with San, next to sanjay Dutt going up against samoa joe's just like an old school tna view and in tna jay lethal is not beating samoa joe no and you just knew it like he was just digging every week he was digging deeper this hole for himself to just get choked out like so i mean credit to jay lethal man for really giving the alley-oop to joe to just smash him yeah um and then the main event of the card the two out of three falls match for the roh world tag team championships FTR versus the Briscoes mm-hmm. and what was by far, and I mean by far, the longest match on the card, and rightfully so. Because yeah, two out of three. Two out of three falls. You gotta you gotta have a decent runtime. Mm-hmm. And this ended with FTR defeating the Briscoes two falls to one. Mm-hmm. And they can call themselves the ROH World Tag Team Champions. Damn, these men are belt collectors. Yeah, is it weird that they took Kenny Omega's gimmick? I mean, they're doing kind of better at it. They're doing it. They're doing it better though. No, yeah, quite as kept. FTR I mean, is doing the belt collectors uh, far better than Kenny Omega was. And not to say Kenny did it bad because he he kind of didn't, but he didn't. But FTR's is doing it better. Yeah, and FTR was able to be around a lot. A lot of Kenny's belt collecting, he wasn't fully able to be around to show off. Yeah, he would just pop. He would just be here one week with one belt. Next week, he'd have two. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, he'd have three. Like, it was just, you didn't Mm -hmm. see him win these belts. Exactly. You're actually seeing FTR win all these belts on TV. Is it weird that this is a dynamic I have with champions, too? Is it weird that the more successful the champion is, the harder it is to care. Like, there's an there's an interesting dynamic with choosing who to have as champions because it has to be somebody that always feels like they could lose. Yeah. And Kenny, for me, when he had that, uh, bell collector reign just felt so overpowering 
that you just there was just nobody that could touch him. So yeah. it, it wasn't as interesting. But FTR has found a way to do it where everybody they go up against is great and could possibly beat them, yet you kind of know FTR is gonna win still. And I th- I think this match was a testament to that, like you just said. Um they feel like they can lose still to these people, but they still win. And I think doing a two out of three falls match was a perfect caveat for that because mm. you let FTR take a pinfall in the match and it's like, oh, damn, they actually just got pinned. Maybe they could lose this thing. Mm-hmm. And then look at Roman now. Roman's part time. Mm-hmm. He's like in Thanos mode with the Infinity Stones. And it's... Seriously. It, you're like, uh, we don't see anybody beating him. It's not. Yeah, we're, we're all just waiting for The Rock at this point. Yeah, at, at this point, it's like The Rock is the only guy. Because mm-hmm. even even what Rock won in the belt, you can see somebody potentially getting it. Exactly. Roman's just untouchable right now. Yeah. FTR that... has found an amazing, an amazing way to somehow still be ahead of the game, but right on the level with everybody else like he's they're elevating the division really and every company kind of and i i think that's more because ftr is more focused on putting on quality wrestling as Mm. opposed to rising their own stock because they know hey if we just put on quality matches and do what we're great at our stock's gonna rise anyway Mm -hmm. everybody Mm -hmm. else is just more focused on like their brand in a way Mm-hmm. FTR is like, screw our brand. We know our worth. We know what we can do. Let's just go do what we do and let it speak for itself. Seriously, man. And they're nobody but themselves. Like it's not a character. They've been FTR since they since NXT. Yeah, they've they've literally just kept it to what they know and what they know how to do. And that's be right now the best tag team in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Can we say it? They're the they're the best tag team in the world. Yeah, right I, I, yeah, I have no problem saying it. FTR currently at this moment, best tag team in the world. No gripes, no, question. no questions, nothing. Yeah. But how, how do you think the Bucks feel knowing that they're, they're not the greatest tag team in the world? Any, it was FTR the entire time. I, call this a hot take, or you know, I might get some heat for this. Maybe I get some love for this. I don't know, but. I don't ever think the Young Bucks were the best tag team in the world ever. Ever? Ever. Damn. I mean, I, they were a great tag team. They were they probably were. They, they were probably top three. But yeah. best tag team in the world? I don't think they were ever the best tag team in the world. I feel like they're at a they're they're at a very high level. I just feel like I mean I don't they're, know. They're, when I think so, of like prime tag teams, like there's a level and then there's an there's that FTR level. And it's just next level. Like, like, like popularity wise, maybe probably yeah, at one point. They I definitely were the think most, they were the most popular. Most popular. Yeah. I mean, but that's like the Hardys were the most popular tag team at one point. And I would never say the Hardys were the greatest tag team in the world at any point. No. That was always the Dudleys. Yeah. Yeah. FCR is the Dudleys and the Bucks are just the Hardys. They they're popular. They're very popular. But they're just popular because of their flippy spinny stuff. Very true. Very true. Top guys, no flips, just fists, man. Mm-hmm. 
We don't need flips to get over. We get ourselves over. I just think back to the Cody Rhodes uh, shots in the being the elite videos where they would just zoom in on Cody and be like, fuck the revival. Those those were pretty <laughs> funny. I, I got to give them that. Those were pretty funny. Who knew? Though I, while the Bucks and them were making the, <laughs> were making these videos, secretly FTR was better than the Bucks. They were kind of calling the shot there. While you make your jokes, we're just out here being the best. Seriously, man. Shout out to FTR. They're they're great. The Briscoes are, are amazing too, though. I wonder uh, yeah. what they're gonna do after this. I mean, from what we've seen, or from what I've seen, they've signed an exclusive ROH contract, so. Eventually, those titles are coming back. Yeah, eventually they're going to come back, and they're they're sticking around. So, I just love to see R O. I just love to see R O H keeping the Briscoes. Hopefully, they get a TV uh, TV deal soon and put them on actual TV. I was really hoping that there would be a special announcement somewhere in this where Tony would announce a TV deal, but apparently. Maybe it'll happen on a dynamite. Maybe this show needed to happen, and then yeah. Tony could market this around like the numbers if they did well. So, I mean, from what I see, from what I see, they did very well. I would hope so, man. They just need one hour. They need like an hour. They can work with an hour. Um, I was listening to another podcast, uh, going in raw, where they said if they can just get one hour on a Thursday, yeah, they can they can flip that into two hours. And I think they're right. Like they get one hour on a Thursday. Um, and then tell people we'll do an hour before that on YouTube, a dark matches. So it's really a two hour show. Yeah. They'll get bumped to two hours within the next two years and then they'll be syndicated. I'd watch ROH every week. Yes, I would too. Especially if Tony's running it. I'd give it a shot. Um, but that's the ROH death before dishonor 2022 pay-per-view. Now, boy, oh boy, when we said a lot happened in 48 hours, we weren't lying. Yeah, man. So, basically what had happened was these allegations have been swirling. If you've been living under a rock and you haven't been paying attention to it, we're not going to say anyone did anything. We're not going to say anyone didn't do anything. We're just going to offer our opinions. So basically, the allegations were swirling of misconduct and, you know, sexual harassment with multiple people in the WWE. One of those people being Johnny Ace or John Laurinaitis. Mm-hmm. So John Laurinaitis has since been removed from his position as head of talent relations and has been replaced by Triple H. That was the first little bit of news. Then the next little bit of news, the next day on a Friday, Vince McMahon announces he's retiring Mm. from being the CEO and chairman of the WWE. And then a couple hours later, it's announced that the new co-CEOs mm-hmm. are Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan. Uh, evil Khan. And this is just this literally just came one after the other. 
this was like just a a clusterfuck of news. It was like, okay, boom, Johnny's down. Yeah, Triple H is in. Mm-hmm. Vince is down. Stephanie's in. Of like, they were all like six six hours apart. The announcements. Yeah, it was literally like late Thursday. Mm-hmm. Johnny's down. Early Friday, Triple H is in. Mid Friday, Vince is stepping down. And then, like an hour and a half before the show, before SmackDown starts, Stephanie and Nick Khan are the new co-chairmans of WWE. And Stephanie's opening the show. <laughs> it's like whoa, whoa, whoa! We can't even sit down and eat a meal without news like just blinging on the phone. Man, what is happening to the world, dude? Um. So my personal take on this before we d- we dive in a little bit farther. Mm-hmm. This kind of leads me to believe that there is some weight to these arguments that are going around Mm. because, and I think Vince was trying to clear out some space before he stepped down Mm -hmm. because one of the people in the allegations with him were Johnny Ace and he lets Johnny Ace go. Shout out to the Bella Twins. <laughs> every every time somebody brings up this Johnny Ace thing, I'm like, man, the Bellas must be shattered right now. Mama Bella must be shattered right now too. And seriously, so, and, and so must uh, and so must Brian. Um, terrible man. So Vince, before he steps down, lets Johnny Ace go, and then Vince ultimately retires. Me personally, I believe that there's some weight to these arguments, and I think he was doing this just to save face for him and save face for the company. Mm -hmm. Because even if the board voted him down as CEO, he still remains owner. And he still gets to step down, save his face a little bit with the company, Mm -hmm. save some of the deals that they have. So I, me personally, now I believe that there is some validity to these arguments. Obviously, I'm not going to run right at them with the pitchforks and the fire, but until we get more information. But me personally, I'm leaning towards that there might be some weight to these arguments and allegations. Um, I hate to say, I, but I, uh, I agree with you. You know, it's a shame that uh, in the '90s this would have been like a almost a storyline yeah you hate to see things come to life um but hopefully allegedly but hopefully that's not the case um but i mean it's making very strong arguments to take yourself out of the picture there so i mean i don't i don't know events i don't know events i think he did the right thing though like Assuming they were only going to find more things uh, and more money, which was already pretty high, like $12 yeah. million, the best thing for the company to do would be to step down and put things in place to have your people that you trust to move it forward and do what you know they know how to do so that it can survive and take the bad media off of the company mm-hmm. and put it squarely on him. So maybe it'll make less news and 
it won't impact WWE as much. Because at this point, if you're thinking marketing-wise or media response or whatever they call that, what do they call that team? Press? Yeah. The press team? Yeah, the the yeah, media press team, yeah. Um, looking okay. at it from that standpoint, if he takes himself out of the equation, if they do like a whole cancel Vince McMahon thing, technically WWE can be left out of that. Um, so it's it's better for the company that he steps down. Um, and he is seventy seven, and at some point he actually does have to step down. So, yeah. I, me personally, I didn't think this was going to happen and anytime soon. I mean, I, if these allegations hadn't come up, I think he would have kept going for like another 10 years. I think he would have kept doing it until he died. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, more than likely. Um, but what do you think that means going forward? Like, where do you think the trajectory of the company uh, does going forward? Because I feel like we both have probably the same opinion, but I'm going to, I might play a little devil's advocate depending on your answer. Um, Obviously, naturally, I'm hoping for some improvement. And I think that some of the changes that they've made are a step in the right direction, but they also could be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So Making Triple H the head of talent relations is a great move, first and foremost. I think you and me have discussed this already. I think there was probably somebody who could have been better. Mm -hmm. But also moving Triple H from that job and putting him in a job I think Triple H could be better in. So I, I don't really have an issue with Triple H being the head of talent relations. If I had it my way, I would have probably put Fit Finley there. Just because Fit Philly has experience backstage, has a little bit of experience in that role. Great rapport um, with the women. Yeah, like great rapport with uh the female talent. They all love what he does, what he did as an agent, as a booker, things like that. So I would have put Finley in the talent relations role. Bruce Pritchard became the head of creative mm-hmm. for uh premium live events. I guess their pay-per-views and um, I think it was SmackDown, SmackDown and the pay-per-views. I would have put Triple H in a creative position. Or maybe given him something better than talent relations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple H is a guy who knows every aspect of everything backstage. He's learned everything from how the cameras work to how to book a show, how to set up a show. Triple H was a guy who learned everything from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So I would have put Triple H in that role. CEO. I'll be honest, man. I don't know what it is about Nick Khan. I just don't like some of the decisions he's made. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because Nick Khan is a Vince guy. Mm-hmm. We don't like some of the decisions Vince made. Mm-hmm. While we appreciate everything Vince has done the last 40 years, it was time to take old Yeller out back. Um, and Nick Khan, I think, needed to 
was another person that needed to be taken out back. I mean, he's only been here for a couple years, but I just, I'm not a fan of Nick Khan at all. I don't agree with most of the decisions he makes. But I don't – firing him, maybe not the best move because he's got no allegations against him. He's a, he's a company guy. I would have probably left him in his current role, I guess, and let Stephanie be the CEO because this is what Stephanie's been working for her entire life, literally since she was 11. Yeah. She was the receptionist at 11, and then she worked in the warehouse, and then she worked in various executive roles. So I think if anybody was primed for it, I think Steph was the clear-cut choice by herself. You know, I think prior to this, they were on a way to move everybody out. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would agree with me. So these drastic changes happening last minute are <clears throat> pretty shocking. I think having Bruce Pritchard doing the pay-per-views in SmackDown is, is very interesting. I think maybe him... I don't even know if I'd have put him at SmackDown, but I, I mean, to counteract that, I think maybe they should have put Paul at Raw. I mean, I, yeah, but I don't know who's, I, I'm, if I'm not but, mistaken, I think Pierce has Raw right now. Adam Pierce? Is uh, yeah, creative it, of Raw? If I'm not mistaken, I think it's Pierce and, I, yeah, I think it is Adam Pierce, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay, Pierce is is more than just an on screen manager. Then okay, yeah, um, I'm fine with Pierce. I I still would have well then I would have had Bruce Pritchard just do live events and um, Paul do SmackDown. Then I feel like one of the best times in wrestling was when Vince didn't have yes men. He oh, had wait. guys that he could go up and argue against. Go ahead. I'm so, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I mixed that up. Adam Pierce and Jeff Jarrett are the uh, director of live events. Oh. So I don't know who has Raw, but live events and live events are uh, Pierce and Jeff Jarrett. Pierce and Jeff Jarrett. That's not a bad combo. Okay. So, yeah, Paul getting Raw and Pritchard on SmackDown, not a, not a terrible thing. Um, But more than that, I feel like. Uh, Nick Khan had to stay, sadly, not my opinion, but I feel like Nick Khan had to stay just because um, that's Vince's guy and Vince being majority holder and blah, blah, blah. I do feel that they needed, Vince needed a dog in the fight, so yeah. to speak. And if you're going to be away from all creative and everything in the company. You need somebody that's an inside man that's going to be on your side. Um, that clearly Hunter and Steph were not, um, which is why you almost moved them completely out before this whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they they needed to keep Nick in there to have a guy to have a, a, a guy on Vince's side. Um, but I'm I'm not opposed to that. I just don't want total control 
mm-hmm. know, majority is fine, but there does need to be somebody in the room to bring up opposing things. You have to bounce stuff off of people with different opinions, which I feel like was the Vince problem is that anybody that had a different opinion from him had to go. Yeah. So Stephanie being Stephanie and Nick being co-CEOs might not be a total bad thing, but the big thing. Yeah, go ahead. And I'll agree with you on that point because like I said, I'm not a fan of Nick Khan. I'm really not, but I don't think Nick Khan is in any way trying to bury the WWE. I don't think he's intent. Like, I don't think he's intentionally bringing out these bad things. I think it was more just like you said, the yes man thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what Nick Khan essentially was. Now, if Vince isn't around and Nick Khan has ideas that he think might work, Mm -hmm. then I think him and Stephanie being a cohesive unit and trying to figure things out might work Mm -hmm. because he might not be so inclined to be a yes man for his old boss's daughter. So I think it's, it's a possible thing. Me personally, I'm not a Nick Khan fan, but it could work. Yeah. And I don't think he's, I don't think all of his ideas have been bad ideas if they've come from Nick Khan. Like, I don't disagree with the idea of taking um, athletic kids to play other sports out of college and putting them into the performance center. Yeah, no, that, that was a that decent idea. Deal, that was a decent idea. I just didn't like how. His, his booking ideas. Uh, yeah, and I just didn't like how that and how they kind of ridded NXT with that new culture and ring them a roll and yeah, like there's a there's a way to do things uh, step by step, and I feel like if you have somebody to argue with, to kind of come to a compromise would be easier. But the bigger thing for me is that now I feel like we got what we wanted. And we should be happy about that. Mm-hmm. But now the pressure is on. Yeah. Because now that we have things almost completely how we wanted them to be, uh, minus wherever you feel like Bruce Pritchard should be and Nick Khan still being co-CEO, um, now the pressure is on that the people we got in the positions that we wanted are in the positions we wanted. Now we have to. Uh, now we have to be right. Mm-hmm. You know, the big thing with Vince is that um, good or bad, it was Vince. Yeah. So the, and so the thing now is now that we've been asking for these changes, now that we have them, the bigger thing is that um, we have to be right. Mm-hmm. And they have to do a great job. And it has to be everything we wanted it to be otherwise. You know. Yeah, Vince had no problem. I mean... On screen, Vince had no problem being the guy taking the heat for bad decisions. Like in the in the wrestling world, Vince had no problem being the guy that was like, "All right, this was a bad idea," and taking the taking the brunt of the blame for it mm-hmm. from the fans. Mm-hmm. Backstage, however, I'm pretty sure Vince laid down the hammer for terrible decisions to whoever came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yes, yeah, Stephanie and Nick Khan are going to have to take that same type of accountability that Vince did. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be a definite adjusting period for everyone, for the fans, for the talent, for the management. It's going to be in a 
a good few month adjusting period for everyone. Who do you think is going to be the guy in Gorilla? Now the events is is gone. Oh, uh, without question, I'm going Hunter. Yeah, yeah. If if I need to have somebody sit in Gorilla, like I mean, I'm pretty sure Steph will be there in mm-hmm. some capacity. But if I need someone steering a ship for like my live events, yeah, I'm going Hunter all day. Yeah, he he knows every facet. There's nothing he doesn't know. He knows the camera work he hunter's biggest thing will probably be telling the commentators what to say yeah Yeah. like vince was golden at that the commentary was spot on Mm -hmm. but again that'll be an adjusting period triple h did a little bit of commentary here and there um but he's got great people that are commentating right now that are quick on their feet Mm -hmm. michael cole's been there for 22 years yeah he's the new jr yeah pat mcafee is a guy who's quick on his feet just with michael cole and they're a great combo right now mm-hmm. yeah your raw team I, I think the best guy you have right there is graves because graves been doing it the longest mm-hmm. jimmy smith is still relatively new i and think he's still- okay Byron, Byron's Byron. He's okay. He's not bad. He's not great. He's Byron. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the commentary, that'll probably be his only tough spot, but he can guide the cameras and say, all right, camera two, camera three, mm-hmm. hard cam. He's good at orchestrating a match. He's obviously he's done it for, what, 25-plus years. So... Yeah, if I need somebody steering the ship and being the captain and gorilla, give me Triple H all day. So how are you going to feel, hypothetically speaking? Are we going to be able to come in here and be like, this is not what we thought it was going to be? Us? If things don't work out. If, like, we wanted this for this much time, and then we get it, and we're like, oh, this is not. This oh, well, is not as good as we had expected it to be. Look, I, I'll have no problem. I'll have no problem saying I was wrong. But if if I was right, I'm gonna have no problem saying I was right. <laughs> right, right. Like we we hold no punches here. We speak what we say and we say what we speak. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean, I think this was a change that was very much needed. Mm-hmm. I think it. It's going to be a little bit of an adjusting period. We're going to we're going to feel some bumps in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I think this was very much needed. Vince had to step down. Johnny Ace had to go. We we needed a shift. We needed a changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. Wrestling sure. has been stale for a little while. And case in point, more people were jumping to AEW that were WWE fans. Mm-hmm wrestling fans who stopped watching wrestling because WWE got boring, got stale, got whatever, mm-hmm. started watching AEW again. So if they if these new people can refresh in WWE, you might pull some of those AEW fans that were once WWE fans back over. Mm-hmm. You might pull some of those people who aren't wrestling fans anymore back into wrestling. Like there's there's some of our listeners right now who don't even watch wrestling. They just hear the tidbits that we talk about and decide whether it's a good idea to check it out or not. Mm-hmm. 
So hopefully they can get those fans back into watching every week. Mm-hmm. And that that's really all we need. We just need to get the, we, we need to get the fans interested again. And I think this was a good step of letting them peek their head in the door a little bit and think, OK, maybe I should sit down and watch it. Right. It definitely brought me SmackDown when I wasn't going to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so depending on the changes, it, it, it's um, I think it's I think I'm going to be I might be biased at first. Because Hunter is my guy and I just yeah. want him to succeed. But I also think that's not a bad thing that now you have somebody in the chair that you're not uh, obliged to hate. Generally. I- I think the best case, the the best thing that any fan right now can do, forget everybody who's in charge. Because we were so programmed of having Vince. Forget everyone. Forget Vince, forget Nick, forget Stephanie, forget Triple H, Pritchard, uh, everyone. Forget everybody backstage and just watch the show and see what you think. If the show is better, then you know the new management team is doing better. If the show's the same, you know it's the same old-ish. If it's worse, which I don't see how it can be, you know the new management team isn't working. I think that's the best case scenario anybody can do right now. Forget about all management and just sit down and watch a show. Yeah. We just got to give it the benefit of the doubt, man. Um, just watch it for what you feel like is... Just, just give it the old college try. You know yeah. what I mean? Because um, AEW, the the whole world of wrestling is changing as we speak, um, mm-hmm. week to week, constantly shape shifting. So, the best we can do right now is um, pray for Vince's lawyers and <laughs> and just just um, be honest, man. If it's, if it sucks, it sucks. If it, if it's great, it's great. And just give them the benefit of the doubt, man. Yeah. Because wrestling is is changing forever as we speak. We're living in a, in a revolutionary moment. And no matter what, we're always going to try to do what we say we do and put wrestling over one podcast at a time. So if it's worth being put over, we're going to try to put it over. And we're going to try to, you said it best, give it the college try because that's what we got to do right now. Um, but that was the Vince McMahon and death before dishonor discussion. I'm glad they finally took old yeller out, but I'm just also (laughs) going to, I'm going to hope for the best when it comes to wrestling, man. Hmm. So that's really, that's really all we can do. You got anything else you want to say before we uh before we jump off of here? Um no, I just we're we're living in an amazing time, man. And just try to make the best of it. It's a lot of wrestling to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's also not a bad thing. That means if you are interesting, interested in a certain type of wrestling, you'll find it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's just a great time to live in, and it's it's uh it's crazy. It's just crazy. 
Yeah. Well, guys, that was our discussion. Thank you for tuning in this week. If you got anything you want to say regarding death before dishonor or this Vince McMahon debacle, you know how to get at us. Get at us on the website, dangerousjobberswebsite.com. Get at us on our Instagrams, Dangerous Jobbers website and Dangerous Jobbers podcast. Get us on, get at us on the Facebook page, our YouTube page. You can reach us on TikTok now too. <laughs> yeah, go Jobber check that out, guys. Thing. Go check that out, guys. There'll be clips of the show. There'll be clips of the website. There'll just be there's just a lot of stuff, stuff from YouTube, everything, everything. Yeah, so get us get at us on TikTok now too, Dangerous Jobbers podcast, and. That's pretty much it for this week, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you stay up. Make sure you stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous. Yeah.